Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to Omnis. Check it out. There we go. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to Jay and Derek from Omnis. How are you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. And we have a fan, uh, Sam. Sam, how are you? She I'm bought. good. Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for, for being on Fans with Bands. I really appreciate it. Um, oh, thanks, we, were, we were kind of talking before we um, started rolling. Um, I had heard about you guys and had checked out the music. I, you know, love the music, love that, you know, I'm a heavy, you know, metal is in my heart and, you know, that kind of like really heaviness for a duo is, you know, pretty incredible. Um, but then I finally got to see you guys live. Uh, they had the duo fest at the sanctuary in Hamtramck and it was just, uh, you know, not that your recorded music, your recorded music isn't heavy, but seeing it, right. li- hearing you play it live, um, and seeing you guys, cause you're, you, you're very physical when you're playing as well. It was yeah. so cool. Was awesome. So oh, awesome. Thanks man. Appreciate that. Yeah. It's a, it's a different animal live, I think. And it's hard to capture that um in a recording you know yeah especially with just the two of us you know a lot you can listen to the album and be like sure it's two guys yeah but then when you see it live you're like oh it's two guys (laughs) (laughs) right well and you you know you really wouldn't i mean there's lots of things you could do like as a duo um recording wise to make it sound fuller and and richer and all that but it sounds like you guys didn't try to do anything crazy with the recording and uh the name of it was a single green light um mm-hmm. so, so the album that came out in 2020 is that when it was? Yeah. yeah yeah um it sounds like you guys tried to be faithful to your to what your sound is live is that- definitely we, we we recorded live um we wanted to pretty much capture just what we are and not try to put anything that we weren't going to be in a live format on the album because you know for me there's nothing worse than like listening to an album and then going and seeing the band you're like that's it's not as good as the album you know so (laughs) (laughs) or or i can tell they're doing different stuff and they're not you know there's all these things so yeah we just wanted to be you know this is what we are so that's kind of what we what we went with very cool. Yeah, we wanted to be the most authentic. We didn't want to be disappointing when you heard the album and then saw us live and it's missing all these things. Yeah. So we try to make it as full sounding as we can, but there's nothing artificial going on. You know, it's just uh, guitars and drums. And like Dee said, we do everything live. Um, you know, we we play everything together. There's no metronome. So it's it's about as authentic as we can make it every time. Yeah, it sounds awesome. the The album sounds awesome, and when I saw you guys live, I was like, "Yes, this is fucking really cool and heavy." Thank um, you. So, how did you guys get started? How did the band uh, come about? Oh, we, we've been talking about doing it for years. Uh, you know, Derek and I were playing in other bands together, and you know, always talked about doing a two piece. And you know, eventually, we started seeing two pieces and hearing them. I'm being like, this, this is totally doable. And then uh, quarantine happened and we had all the time in the world and it just, you know, it fell together. We built on it as we went as well. We've added gear and 
change things around and we're still kind of doing that um you know we're we're building and trying to evolve constantly yeah definitely don't want to stay stagnant and so we're always like you know evolving as a band and a sound but initially yeah we were just in other groups and it's tough keeping you know larger bands together and yeah you know and there's a lot of issues with direction and stuff like that and jay and i have always been really um you know on the same page with with music you know and we've been playing together for a long time so it's like yeah man this is the time to do it so, <laughs> so we just we just started to do it we took that opportunity where everything was shutting down to just like really create something so very cool very cool and did you guys i mean uh derek your drums jay guitar both are trading off vocals were you doing that before in the bands you were in before previous no <laughs> <laughs> um that was a big learning curve man uh you know it's, it's... when we started putting together and like trying to find spots where we could put vocals and neither of us really knew what our vocal sound and voice was going to be like initially and so it was like a lot of experimentation uh trial and error and man when we first started it was like I felt my brain like splitting in two <laughs> trying to play and scream and all this stuff and um yeah it was definitely it was a fun roller coaster ride but we eventually I think settled into something pretty cool where we kind of trade off and almost like finish each other's lines and um and you know the the voices are different so you get this kind of contrast which i think adds a lot to to a two piece yeah i was going to say uh, i definitely enjoyed the contrasting vocals i think that was very cool cuz i've always liked that in other bands that have had like multiple vocalists you know or the the single vocalist you know is changing their style up every once in a while yeah um, but it's cool that you have like that both of you are like you know kind of that um Two sides of the coin really you know because jay's got more of a um uh i don't know more of a scream um emo emotional rasp and then Derek, you've got that kind of guttural thing going so yeah it's a nice like um i don't know they com it complements each other well yeah you know, we didn't want to just be like doing the same voices all you know i mean that would have just kind of been boring i think so yeah. <laughs> and we it was definitely trial and error with the vocals too you know we started demoing some things and it took me a while to figure out how i wanted it to sound and you know like we listened back and be like yeah no this is not good <laughs> and change things up and uh it it just kind of all everything fell into place really it it, it was kind of remarkable that's cool. because we've never been in the position to be lead vocalists um we've always been kind of the background guys it's, and, it's been a lot of fun to like figure it out you know and yeah. uh, actually be kind of become vocal vocalists on top of you know musicians as well yeah uh, it, yeah it's a whole different thing and um yeah. definitely, learned a lot. definitely learned what i could learn my limitations i think we both did like hey man I can't really do anything here. So I think this is your spot. <laughs> you <know? laughs> a lot of it, like I said, it fell into place. And some of it was like, I can't play and sing over this part. And you, <laughs> so it's too crazy, man. You get, you're going to take it. <laughs> yeah. And now how we do vocals is completely different than how we started doing them, you know? Uh, and like I said, we demo and listen back and then make changes as we hear it. 
but um yeah I, I didn't really put it together until you asked that but thinking back on how we recorded the vocals and started with them and then how we approach it now it's completely the opposite of how we used to wow yeah, we, in the studio we we even like we set up face to face and we were going we were trading lines like we were together um doing it and that's kind of the only part we didn't do 100 live when we were playing right but it was kind of cool to to have somebody there and we're actually in each other's faces just going back and forth because we those lines they trade off real quick so i think if we were to track them separately it wouldn't have had the same flavor you know what i mean yeah oh so there's a lot to feed off of when we're recording especially you know we we feed off each other live but to get a good authentic recording we want to do it in the studio too Oh, that's cool. Because I didn't, I did not realize that. So that's, that's, that makes that recording even wilder, because uh, you guys are like going, you know, right at that time, when you're listening to it, you guys were actually recording it that way. So. Yeah, we're just screaming at each other in a small room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So, um, so, you know, what was the, the songwriting process like for you guys? Do you just um, get together and and jam or is it like one of you will come up with a um, kind of fleshed out tune and then the other guy comes in and says oh i like that I don't like this we kind of have a couple different processes on that like sometimes jay will come up with a riff and we'll build around that and it's usually like a chorus riff or something something you know nice meat and potatoes kind of riff mm -hmm. um there are songs where i'll write a beat and and we'll start with the beat and Jay will come up and build around on the beat. Um, yeah. And that's kind of a cool, a new concept that we, you know, fell into with this project. We've never really done it that way in other projects, but it was cool to start with drums and then add in guitars and, and, and go around there. But, um, but yeah, it's kind of just a feeling, you know, getting a yeah. feeling. Very cool. Um, so, the the album title is is a, a single green light and what is there meaning behind the title yeah that is taken from the great gatsby um it's a line it's a very kind of famous theme of the book um there's a lighthouse at the end of the dock and there's a green light in it and it's constantly referenced throughout the book and towards the end of the book the light goes out and um it's i guess you know you can debate on what the meaning is right. i'm a huge i'm a, I'm a word nerd man <laughs> uh, so but the, the kind of the theme behind that is it's kind of this unobtainable thing or dream that um you know it's always there within reach and eventually goes out you know um so yeah it's just um it's one of my favorite novels and and it kind of ties in with the name because um so the name is from Fahrenheit 451, um, which is, you know, I don't know if you're oh, yeah. yeah, Ray Bradbury, yep. Omnis, the term Omnis is from the movie of that, you know, the adaptation of, of the book. And it basically is the thing that the rebel resistance is, um, using to store all their literature and everything and all the like the works of art that they want to preserve from the fascist government or whatever in the book they don't call it omnis but the concept is kind of the same yeah um and so i you know i just thought it was cool taking the name and then 
you know, all of our kind of titles and themes and everything kind of are geared towards um, art and literature and books and stories and all these things that we can tie in. So it's kind of a cool little Easter egg. Um, we're one of those bands. There's a lot of little Easter eggs if you start <laughs> digging, which is, you know, something well, I've always been a fan of. Yeah, definitely. That's very cool. I had no, so I, I've never seen the 451 movie. I've read the book uh, a couple of times, but never, I wasn't, oh, so yeah, is, the, is it good? Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, then I'm, I'll definitely have to check it out. Um, so yeah, it's speaking of like the the Easter egg things. I was you know, uh, a couple of tunes I re I really really love is uh, "Spiders in a Glass Jar," and, and then "Something Witchy." And is oh, "Something yeah. Witchy" the the graphic novel um, about Manson? Is is that where that's from? It is about Manson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. One one hundred percent. Um, all a lot of the lyrics are like Manson quotes and you know, uh, you know stuff they they put on the wall and everything and all those those crimes. But uh, yeah, it's all about Manson. So that that kind of story. Uh, I believe it, when the murders were being planned, he told them to make it look like something witchy. Yeah. yeah. Um, when they wrote in the blood on the walls, you know, and um, we thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Just yeah, a way to do, like a good adjective for a murder, like just make it look like something witchy, <laughs> right. whatever that means. And we just snowballed from there, and we had a lot of fun with that song. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. It's got cool riffs, uh, um, you know, as well, and kind of like a almost like a rock feel. I mean, it's heavy, um, but there's that kind of like a uh, old older school rock um, foundation, I guess I would say. Um, but so what about spiders in a glass jar? Where, where does, where did that come from? Yeah, Dostoevsky, um, he, the book House of the Dead, and it's about um, semi-autobiographical about his time in prison, but it's technically a fiction novel. And so that, that song's all about that. And one of the things he talks about is um, in the book is being in prison is like, being a spider in a glass jar <clears throat> and um, where everybody's just tearing each other limb from limb. And I just, that image just stuck in my brain, you know, and I was like, Oh, we got to write a song about, about this. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's why I, I kind of, I mean, other genres of music do this quite a bit, but I think metal does it the most as far as like digging into like um, either literary or, um, historical events and like kind of telling that story and it sounds like you guys are in that same mold where you like to like dig into stuff and kind of the things you're reading or watching that kind of have a impact on the music that you're making oh yeah definitely and you know it's like little hidden gems is like you said like derek said um with metal it's it's really easy to have more freedom i feel like in what you're doing you don't have every song doesn't have to be about heartbreak or have to be about this or that it's what's striking you and how can you make it aggressive really yeah. if, and yeah. even some of our lyrics aren't that aggressive but it's the way we deliver them yeah and you know it's what we draw inspiration from you know derek's a big reader and a lot of times he'll be like i read this book blah 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 and then you got to check it out and then i read the book <laughs> and then he's like great you read that i have a bunch of ideas <laughs> 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 you 
yeah that's awesome and it's always like you know it turns into a big snowball we just we go <laughs> off on you know like like two guys that just watched a football game but we're talking about a book that was written a hundred years ago or something like that right <laughs> that's awesome that's it's awesome. cool to be able to tell your version of somebody else's story sort of in a way yeah it, um that's i think in a lot of ways we do that and uh i like to stick to that format you know so these these stories evolve and live on through us and a lot of them like the themes and a lot of them are like timeless you know what i mean like house of the dead is about being in prison and i'm you know pretty sure those thoughts and feelings can translate to now and so it's yeah, it's, it's cool to be able to tap into that you know yeah for sure uh so you know fans with bands is uh not just about me asking you guys questions um i'll open it up to sam sam do you have any questions for uh derek or jay sure i have a question All you right. guys have been talking about um you know being sort of literary minded and drawing a lot of inspiration from words i would like to know what your favorite lyrics are that you've written what's your favorite line that is a <laughs> question. <laughs> um, wow, man, I'm I'm favorite line Derek wrote. What's uh, that? It's the chorus for something wishy. Make it look like something wishy um, is the second part, and then there's you know basically describing the murder on the wall, mm. uh, and that's something that we kind of chant. But um, I, I think that's my favorite lyrics or something witchy. I'd have to say, man, I don't know. Probably <laughs> the end of something witchy is 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 um, a big one. I'm I'm kind of like doing this. It's almost like um, I become Manson and I'm like sermonizing the my horde, if you will. And um, if you read those lyrics, it's yeah, it's a lot like that. And I, um, that or um, leaving a legacy is about Genghis Khan. <laughs> and uh, uh, the beginning lyric for that, um, yeah, Bloodlines. What's that? Uh, something about the step, right? Yeah, Bloodlines in the Step, Work a Mighty Blade, Tribes of Endless War, uh, Taking Souls Back to the Hell They Made. That, uh, that, just the flow of that, I always love that. And um, yeah, so that's probably up there too. Yeah, uh, I was, uh, that's another great song too, because I, um, not too long ago, listened to this podcast. This guy does this, um, it's it's super long, like these episodes are like hours long, um, but it's uh, it's called, uh, shit, it's, it's something about lost civilizations, so talks about like there was this one I would listen to about India which I had no idea like the different influences that had tried to rule you know the um the basically the kings of India at that time and their relationships with the, the Arabs um and you know the difference between the Hindus and the Muslims and how those conflicts started um but they do a great one about Genghis Khan and his whole legacy um yeah. which I you know you know you knew a few things about Genghis Khan, but holy crap. I mean, just- Man, the, yeah. He, the dude was prolific. Like he had so much influence on so many things we don't even know about. Um, it's just tons culturally and everything in between. 
And um, yeah, I again, I read this book on him. <laughs> and it was just mind blowing, like what I was reading and what he was doing and all these kind of like uh, even war strategies that nobody had thought up before and weaponry. And yeah. I think he created the first bifocals, like actually like what we wear as glasses now. And it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, and he came up with that whole system of being able to um, manage. I mean, because their empire was gigantic, huge, huge, vast territory. But he came up with this really cool um, system where they had like, you know, basically these administrative pods at each, you know, basically major city controlling it, helping to make sure that things are getting handled and dispersed and that they could, you know, get their supply chains that they needed to when they were, you know, moving into new territory. It was so wild. That yeah, almost like little like mini governments or governors, yeah. you know, yeah. those in place. And I think that even um, prompted him. He created kind of the first like postal service, yep. you know, where they're actually like delivering mail. And it was like, crazy man yeah crazy. yeah i know crazy. one of my one of the most crazy things i learned about genghis khan which was after we wrote the song i started doing you know hearing all these stories from derek and he'd read a book so i started doing some research and he had captured a bunch of local birds only native to this area and basically told in front of his children and grandchildren he said well fed animal always returns home and then he lit the birds on fire and released them. They burned the city down and they just strolled in and took it over. <laughs> it's like, so brutal. That? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Leg bulb. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let the birds on fire. Right. <laughs> oh man. So uh, kind of getting into your uh, origin stories as uh, musicians, um, what what inspired you guys to want to get into music? I know for me, um, is as, as, as far back as I can remember, I was always listening to music, but I remember getting a VHS tape of Metallica live shit, binge and purge. And they're playing this just massive arena and seeing that was like the first time I ever really saw that apart from like the Woodstock documentary. Yeah but those just the way the fans interacted and how hellbent everything was on this performance it really just uh struck me a different way than anything else really did and ever since then i've been chasing every influence and watching every live performance and trying to capture that feeling every night Excellent. for me it was like um I think I was like nine, uh, something like that. My mom took me to see Alice Cooper and it blew my mind. <laughs> like the, the music, the show, I was yeah. just like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do, man. And so I was, I was hooked ever since after that, man. Yeah, it was, it was Alice Cooper. That's all it took. <laughs> Yeah, that's like that's a hard one to follow up to because seeing Alice Cooper live for the first time, of all the things you could see for the first time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bar is so high after that. I'm just like, dang man. Every other show is like, this isn't Alice Cooper. <laughs> good. <laughs> it was the perfect mixture of music, rock, whatever, 
and yeah. just that show, man, that show. And he was, it was so thought out and methodically, you know, methodical. I was just like, wow, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. I saw crazy. him um, at, where was that? I think it was Joe Lewis. I went, the show I went to when he had that one dude, um, the kind of bodybuilder dude. Oh, that yeah. Played guitar? Yeah. yeah. The big muscle guy. I, yeah. I forget his name, but I remember. Yeah. 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 They was, <laughs> yeah. I, can't I was like, that guy's name. I can't either. But. <laughs> but yeah, it was crazy. It was like, uh, you know, cause I'd been to multiple, I, I, you know, listened to Alice Cooper, but never got to see a show until like much later. So I'd been to a bunch of shows, but yeah. yeah. And the I think of that show is cool. And I don't, you know, I think um, maybe not so much for like some older people, but a lot of younger people, they, they kind of, they probably don't appreciate the music. Um, they just think it's kind of this gimmick, but man, some of those early records, like listen to the music, it's, it's good. It's oh, really yeah. good. The original Alice Cooper band was phenomenal, man. Yeah. Those guys could play. Yeah. And, the Ballad and of Dwight. Smith, uh, yeah. yeah. The Ballad of Dwight you know, Fry. That's an awesome tune. <laughs> oh yeah, man. <laughs> that was fantastic. Love so it Killer's my favorite album. But. Killer's. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that is an awesome one. Um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, uh, so kind of along that, that same thread, um, what's the best concert you've ever seen was, I mean, Alice Cooper was obviously an awesome one, but, but I don't know if that was the best one. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's up there. It's uh, hard to pick one. Yeah. Um, that's we, up there for maybe, sure. Maybe throw out three if you got three. <laughs> I saw, um, this was years ago. I saw Motorhead, Judas Priest, Testament, and it was Sabbath with Dio. I mean, uh, <laughs> mic drop. I mean, like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I can't uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like the, the Monsters of Metal tour and you know, Rob had just gotten back with Judas and, you know, I, you know, I think same kind of similar with Dio and it was kind of all these little reunions and yeah, you know, amazing show. And I just, I remember Lemmy, so he's playing, he's super loud, right? Obviously Motorhead's super loud. <laughs> right. And they, they start turning him down, like in the mix and <laughs> he's, while he's playing into the mic, he says, don't fucking turn me down. <laughs> And but doesn't miss a beat, just keep fucking on playing. I'm like that. That was awesome. Like one of the best rock moments. Where it's like <laughs> he's chastising the sound man. Right. It's so great. He's a, he's a total pro, man. Like I, I I never got to see Motorhead, um, but I did get to see Kiss. Oh, awesome! And that was, I think, my first concert. And the opening bands, I mean, it was like Skid Row and Ted Nugent. But Kiss played longer than both of them. <laughs> yeah i saw kiss buddy john just showed up what's up buddy hey there hey, john just got home from work just gonna make some pizza <laughs> excellent <laughs> drop in for a sec. yeah hell yeah it's, like, it's good to see you man we, we just had what you guys this? on what last week yeah last week yeah yeah that'll be coming out uh next week i think yeah something like that yeah, Two weeks. yeah. how'd it go go well yeah, yeah, it was uh, a, ch a chat between us and Todd and Joe. <laughs> so it was like we were sitting around at Av or something. I could say Max. <laughs> uh, 
So, uh, so John, uh, we were just talking about um, like best concerts that folks have been to. So, what was uh, some of your what's number one concert you've been to, or uh, if you can't narrow it down, throw out three of them. Oh shit! Um, anytime I saw Motorhead, I heard you just talking about that. Yeah. 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 Um, Every time I think, oh yeah, I remember them being loud. I was like, oh shit! As soon as I walk in the room, I'm like, oh shit! Really, <laughs> like they move air. Every yeah. Time. You can feel it from the back. You're just like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, what was that place in uh, Grand Rapids? Uh, the giant place. Like a plan. The Orbit Room. Yeah. Orbit Room. Yeah. Yeah. Orbit Room would crank them. It was, it was, every time it was a brutal as hell it's great <laughs> awesome yeah uh sam how about you what was uh you were uh was my favorite concert? concert yeah oh okay there's this tiny venue i'm pretty sure it's in wisconsin the devil's cup played there once and the owner took a bunch of alcohol across the floor and lit it on fire so they were playing behind Ooh. a wall of fire i think oh my that's God. my favorite concert <laughs> It's a throwback. Jay and, I, Jay and I used to be in that band, and so that's she's just she's she's a she's doing a callback. <laughs> it was also one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and probably my favorite concert. <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, it, like, just set the floor on fire with some alcohol. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, he like made a ring around us. I think like a oh, circle wow. and just lit it, and it was obviously you know whatever 150 right. proof, and just <laughs> we had no idea what was happening. So uh, you know we're playing, and it's like whoa, <laughs> there's flames. It wasn't hot enough, so you know we yeah. made fire. Right. <laughs> oh man, did you ever have any like uh, other kind of like when you? just reminded me of this because this happened to me once, but ever had any like weird shit happen when you're playing that you just kind of like freaked you out? So like somebody starting the oh. floor on fire or like somebody fucking doing something. You're like, what the fuck? Where are we? <laughs> I, I got a really good one for this one. We were in the <laughs> with the devil's cut and we played a show and in the middle of the set, all the power went out. And- <laughs> It was a big thing, and then we got it back, and we started going. And then the owners came to me and said, "Sorry, that happens. This place is haunted." Uh, You're telling me it was ghosts, and to come out and like I believe in that stuff, but it and because I do it, it gave me goosebumps at the time. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. But at the time, the other part of me is going, "You lost sound because of ghosts." Is what you're <laughs> That's what you're telling me right now? Yeah, because <laughs> I thought I'd blew something up. Oh, For man. me, um, so Jay and I used to play with a guy, and uh, but Jay wasn't on this particular tour. I can't remember why. I don't think he could do it. Um, um, and he, we were playing mid-set. I think we were in Denver or something. And uh, he somebody attacked him while he was playing. He was a guitar player, singer, and attacked him on the stage while we're playing. Um, You know, old, old girlfriend, that kind of thing. (laughs) And I'm playing, and I'm like, should I stop? Like, (laughs) I think I should stop. And so I stopped and a 
like a bar brawl ensued, which <laughs> spilled out into the street and it was like madness. And so we basically we get them all off of each other or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, screw it. Let's go finish the set. And I was like, dude, you're like bleeding. And <laughs> your car's all bashed up. That was one of the craziest uh, things I've ever encountered while playing probably. Oh, yeah. that, that's crazy. <laughs> Um, I, I just realized you guys said Devil's Cut. You guys you guys were in Devil's Cut? Yeah. yeah. Jay, oh, played sure. Jay played the upright and I played drums. No shit. Okay, so that's kind of maybe why I, you look a little bit familiar. Cause I, did you guys play at Dark Horse? Yes. Yeah. You guys were in the band then? Uh, yeah. During yep. like 4 Elf, like, I don't know, eight years. Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. yeah, we did the, the uh, Dark Horse like holiday party. Yep. Yep. And it was amazing. It was yeah. like, crowd. They fed us. It yeah. was kind of weird that they were serving oysters the whole time. <laughs> and we didn't obviously eat any oysters, but then we got a grande combo. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was back in the day when they used to do all the exotic foods. Like um, yeah. they, would, they would barbecue an alligator. Um, they would have whatever the hell else, all that kind of weird shit. But Cause I, I, I don't know if that was the year I, so I have pictures of you guys from then. Uh, cause oh, I, wow. I remember that show. It was awesome. Um, and, uh, I don't know if it was that one or the year before or year after this guy, cause everyone, you know, toward the end of the night, people were hammered, right. Cause they got oh, all those yeah. high octane beers and this guy's walking around with this fucking, uh, skull, um, that, you know, it was the, uh, the skull from the the uh, the baby alligator that they cooked. He's carrying it around <laughs> like this. Going, comes up to me like this, like, dude, I, I I'm good. I don't need any <laughs> skull. <laughs> they had a muskrat too once because somebody was carrying around a fucking muskrat skull. But yeah, I don't remember that. I, I don't remember <laughs> skull, but I remember there was a weird vibe in the building. But like I said, it was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know they had like a weird food thing going on. I just remember that everyone was pounding oysters and IPAs. And I was like, this is mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, kind of back to the origin uh, story as far as you guys go. What was the um, first album that you bought? Do you remember what that was? I think mine was Nevermind something I bought, but my sister gave it to me. And um, shortly after that, I, I ended up with that. And then I think Green Day's second record and then the Black Album. And then yeah. you can obviously tell which one took hold. <laughs> Excellent. It was definitely probably an Alice Cooper record. It was, yeah, Love It to Death or Killer, um, something like that. I'm pretty sure. It's hard to remember. Yeah, but nice. Awesome. Not too shortly after that, I'm I'm sure it was probably like uh, Sepultura Rise. Oh, that was yeah. uh, one of the first albums I, I ever had, and, and I wore that thing out, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect record. Yeah. 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 yeah and that perfect actually, middle record. Just saw those guys at, uh, well, at least the Cavalera brothers doing Arise because they were playing that, like, in its entirety that and um shit what's the other one was it a cavalier conspiracy or something i think yeah it was basically max and yeah. igor and um 
some other dudes, but yeah, it was good. Sepultura 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was the dudes. Did you ever see this band that did, uh, shit. I don't know if their name was, it's not Massacre. Um, Gruesome. Um, they did like death. Uh, they did a bunch of death covers and they were from Florida. Um, the guitar players, the guitar player and the um, bass player were both um, from that band. And the, I think the bass player is from in Soulfly too, but anyway. Okay. Yeah. I knew that they were doing stuff and I'd seen videos where they had like their kids yeah. up there. So I just assumed Cavalera Conspiracy was all Cavalera as far as I knew. Yeah, no, but, it's, it's just Max and, and, and Igor. <laughs> I would, would kill to see them doing a rise. I, and, uh especially that yeah it was awesome when they played desperate cries because that's my you know one of my most favorite tunes i was like oh yes yeah <laughs> uh sam how about you what was your first uh album that you bought the first album i ever bought um was tom petty and the heartbreakers greatest hits and nice. I would listen to it on my yellow disc man while I rollerbladed around the neighborhood. I think I was nine. <laughs> and I saw um, Last Dance with Mary Jane's Last Dance, the music video on oh, yeah. uh, MTV in my sister's room. With it. If you're familiar with the video, right, the whole storyline, he has this like dead woman that he's like taking around and like interacting in these weird situations with her and at the end he throws her body in the ocean and he leaves and then she washes back up on shore and she opens her eyes and she wasn't dead and at nine years old I was like I don't know what this is but I'm obsessed with it <laughs> he, he had that other video that was like uh Alice in Wonderland too and I remember yeah. being and being freaked out of Tom Petty videos <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to have to go back and watch it because I, I just remember, you know, liking the tune and kind of maybe zoning out for the whole fucking video because I was like, you know, saying when you were talking about that, like there was a dead woman in that thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I don't remember, but I, I'm like, well, that's totally believable. <laughs> you wouldn't think it, but like, you know, listening to Tom Petty, but he had the weirdest music videos. Um, <laughs> they were totally trippy. They were really trippy. I think a lot of the like early music videos were pretty strange. Like they really didn't quite know what to do yet. And like yeah. the format was so new. And like, so all those early videos, like, what are they doing? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, um, well, uh, the one I really remember, do you remember the band delight? Uh, groove, is, groove yeah. is in the heart. It's a, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Cause I, well, I was tripping at the time and that fucking video is I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? This is awesome. I can feel <laughs> breath. <laughs> oh man. Oh Lord. Uh, too many good memories. Uh, so if you guys could play anywhere in the world um, with any other bands, uh, where would you like to, where would you, your musical pilgrimage be? Where would you like to take the band? Maybe. I'd, I've always wanted to go to Gothenburg, Sweden. A lot of bands I like are from out of there and entombed at the gates to name a couple. Mm -hmm. um, getting to play there with like a, a heavy local, like you say, at the gates would be incredible. Um, to me, that's that was, you know, the metal that really changed how I, I wrote and and created music and getting to go to like where it all started, because there's a bunch of bands 
that we're all like you could a lot of metal nerds know this but like they would say that's a gothenburg sound yeah and it was really popular you know in the 2000s you know when all those metalcore bands were coming out a lot of them were doing very similar things so it was just like an amazing time yeah yeah i was um the like couple out so you know obviously an old dude and so when i was listening to metal you know it was like uh priest maiden you know black sabbath and then kept progressing progressing i uh, got into angel witch and then um you know was into that kind of stuff and then played in a band for a little while and then um a friend of mine gave me two albums and one was um at the gates um the uh, i always blank out on the name it's got the red hand on it um oh the terminal spirit disease yeah terminal spirit disease and then uh carcass um mm-hmm. the the uh hearts heart song and uh man holy crap that was so good i was like that was the first time i ever got into like seriously heavy music and then i had to go back and like listen to some other stuff because i when i was when like still in a band like death metal was coming around and i really didn't get it i was like i didn't understand like um camel corpse and um i yeah. i dig you know, like cynic and uh, i thought suffocation was awesome um and saw bands like that um well i love corner too but um i don't know if they're death metal but anyway um it was really when i got into like carcass and at the gates it was like that kind of opened the floodgates i was like wow the way that you can do use those vocals and then you know like you guys do use that that vocal cadence and aggression but then add in this really super layered music and make it awesome so carcass that that record uh heart work yeah. hearts that Heartwork, was yeah that was a really big one for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Derek, how about you? Where would you like to take the band? Well, my favorite city in the world is, um, Prague. Uh, I went there once years ago and the city is just, it's amazing. It makes you feel like you're in a Dracula movie. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, there's like this castle up on a hill and you know, all these like gothic bridges. And it's just, I don't really know if there's like a specific music scene to that city. I just love the city. So yeah. it would be awesome to play there, you know, cobblestone streets. And uh, she so yeah, has like an outdoor fest with, I don't know, um, Sepultura, Sabbath, whoever, just yeah. with that castle in the background. <laughs> that, would, that, would be cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, Sam, if you could go anywhere to see a show, um, where would you like to go and who would you like to see? Oh, man, I don't know that I know the answer to that. Um, I'm a huge Murder by Death fan and they do some pretty insane shows. So I've like gotten to see them play in a cave in Tennessee, 300 feet below the earth's surface. The acoustics were amazing. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it really matters. I just want, <laughs> I just want to enjoy the music that I'm, you know, that I'm listening to somewhere with good acoustics. Yeah. And I will say, I like second story venues with wooden floors because I like when I can feel the vibrations through my feet. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. A cool thing. yeah. And it's nice when you can do, um, 
at least some shows to be, have that vantage point, like looking down at the band sometimes. I mean, not a million yeah, miles totally. away, but yeah. Yeah, like St. Andrews, you know, if you get yep. towards the side on the top, it's pretty sweet that, you know, you're really close. Yeah. Yeah, I actually saw um, uh, At the Gates there when they came last time to town and they were playing there. I was like, man, this is awesome. You know? I hope they fix the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of good memories there. Um, I saw Converge there on the Jane Doan tour and stood up top and just watched the entire crowd almost riot. Yeah. <laughs> 15. Converge shows are crazy, man. I'm getting too old for that kind of um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that kind of uh, action. But yeah, I'll stand, I'll stand back and watch for sure. But <laughs> it's hard. Like Derek and I went and saw Every Time I Die, and I think we both moshed for like 10 minutes. And then we were like, why were we doing that? Like, what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I had to retire from the pit because I, 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 I was getting too injured. And, you know, yeah. I can't, you know. I mean, man, I, I sneeze now and throw my back out, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to be moshing anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, you can tell because I'm moving all over the place. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so if you guys could, um, have a beverage, beer, whatever you'd like, um, with somebody, um, either alive or dead, uh, who would you like to just like sit down and talk to them a little bit about either what you are, what they inspired you or just to meet them? I think it, I know it, it sounds crazy, but I've, I would like love to meet Ozzy Osbourne yeah. because he just makes me laugh constantly. <laughs> um, he seems to get frustrated speaking. And if he actually genuinely wanted to speak to me and we were sitting down having coffee or beer or whatever, I would just, anything he had to say would be so interesting. Just his opinion on anything would be hysterical. Um, What is he listening to? What is, you know, what, what questions like this would he have to, you know, what answers to these questions would he have rather? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking cool. about that earlier today. Just heard him on the radio and was like, "Man, it would be so cool." <laughs> For me, that's a uh, pretty tough man. Um, I have to probably. I would love to sit down with T. S. Eliot. Oh uh, yeah, it's like my favorite poet. Um, again, big word nerd. So <laughs> I'm just kind of pick his brain on his process, man, because. Um, when he came out with this stuff, it was totally kind of changed the game poetically. And uh, he had all this, he had it all mapped out, you know, he had all these, um, these little, these little, uh, what do you call them? These thematic things that he would employ that he kind of created. And I, I don't know, I just, I was like, I want to know how he came up with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How do you come up with this kind of this way of telling a story? For me, poetry is is like one of the hardest ways to tell a story. And so when somebody does it well, it's it's it really hits, you know, and you're just like, whoa. Yeah. Saying so much with so little. Right. You know? Yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, you know, with uh, short stories, novels, I mean, you got plenty of plenty of words to put out there to get your express your ideas and get those. I mean obviously gives you much more freedom to do more. Um, but yeah, po- poetry that, yeah, it's baffling yeah. to me that people can create those 
mental images for you with just a few lines, right? Yeah, I mean, and you're just like, it's powerful. It's powerful, yeah. right? When you're like, yeah. whoa. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. And, you know, um, you know, to your guys' credit, you're you're doing that yourselves in a way, right? Lyrics are, um, yeah. I don't know if they're tactically considered poetry, but, um, <laughs> you know. I would say it's very similar. It's yeah. not exactly the same, but um, a lot of my, you know, when I write lyrics, it, it has, you know, because I write poetry too, but it's like I almost kind of transpose that right into the songwriting. I have to take a little more out sometimes and kind of shape it for the song. But yeah, yeah, a lot of it is very similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Sam, how about you? If you could go have a beverage with somebody, who would you like to go have a beverage with? I feel like the older I get, the harder it is to answer this question. When I was younger, <laughs> I used to always say Amelia Earhart because I want to know what happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for a brief period in college, I firmly believed that David Lynch knew all of the answers to the universe. And if I could just get him to sit down with me and talk to me, I could discover like the meaning of life. Um, but now I think I'd probably say Terry Pratchett because he's one of my most favorite authors and he died with so many half-written stories on his desk that will never be finished. And I would love to sit down and have him tell me those stories. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Terry Pratchett, I, I, I forgot about him. Yeah. Oh, he's the, other, the other person I'd like to sit down with is Paige Hamilton from Helmet. And uh, just, just, just talk to me, man. Just, yeah. just, you just talk. I'll just stay here <laughs> and he'll probably be playing a guitar and doing all these like jazz licks. Yeah. Uh, but that guy to me is like, just, um, just a phenomenal, like brain musically. Yeah. Uh, the way he puts everything together. And I don't know, Jay and I saw Helmet a few years back and he was literally doing that. He had, so in between one of the songs, um, he had his, you know, his tech come out, give him a different guitar while the other guys tune up and everything. And he's just, he's talking to the crowd, but he's just throwing out these, these jazz licks, you know, like Django Reinhardt stuff. So Detroit, yeah, your lines stink, right? Blah, blah, blah. And then there he's like, you guys ready? And he takes off that guitar. That was just the in-between guitar and gives it back. Where was that show? Was that the one at the Magic Bag? Uh, St. Andrews. Andrews. Yeah, that was okay. the 30, 30, 30 shows, like 30 oh, yeah, years, yep. 30 cities, 30 songs. Yeah. Um, and they, they actually played like, I think 40 songs. It was the, the endurance was just like, wow, these guys. Yeah. <laughs> and like nonstop, it was just like, it's one song after the next. Yeah. yeah. No opening band. They came out and just played. And that instance where he played the little guitar and played jazz and talk was like pretty much the only stage banter. <laughs> and then it. Just... yeah it was just getting hammered by these amazing helmet songs and then like they hit 30 and just kept going yeah, he's like we're gonna keep going like there was one point during the set where and all the other guys are younger right he you yeah. know he brings in session guys or whatever studio guys he turns to the drummer and he's you can see him mouthing to him faster, faster, faster. And I'm like, Paige Hamilton is telling this guy to go faster. And he's like, I don't even know how old he is, but he's pretty old these days. It's just like, wow, man, that guy is crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, do, do you guys have any like um, pre-show rituals, anything you've got to do right before you 
get on stage? No, I used to always be one of those guys who's like, I want to get stoned. <laughs> but in this band, it was like, I, I don't want to get stoned until after we play because I have to do vocals now. Um, and then it switched recently. I've been doing light meditating during, during whatever band is playing. I like to zone out, watch them and just kind of take it all in. And it makes it more enjoyable for me. Nice. Just being more present in that moment. You're getting ready to play. You're enjoying this other band. And then you get to play. It's um, it builds up the anticipation. It just makes it for a much more well-rounded experience. You get to enjoy everything. And that's like a newer thing that I've been doing. But um, the the last one of the last shows we played was with an industrial band from Chicago called the Feral Ghosts. Oh. And not like our particular cup of tea but they were so incredible um we i mean like there were a couple of times we looked at each other like shocked at what they were doing because <laughs> an industrial band actually play all the music wow. and that was one experience where it was like i'm just going to enjoy this band zone out yeah and then you get to play which is a bonus yeah i um you know, I sort of have a kind of a routine, you know, where part of that is setting up my kid. And there is a point, like probably, I don't know, 20 minutes before we play where I kind of have to go be alone and I'll do, you know, some some drum cadences and stuff. And um, sometimes I'll put on ankle weights, which I learned from uh, Gene Hoagland. He does that to get warmed up with his feet. And um, uh so yeah, just being alone for about 10 or 15 minutes before yeah. we play is getting that zone, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see that. So, well guys, I really appreciate you being on Fans with Bands. Uh, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. I can't thank you appreciate enough. Appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, I just have one last question. Um, this is a question that could, uh, I mean, hopefully it won't create division in the band or, or create chaos and, <laughs> and confusion for all the fans but uh pineapple or no pineapple on pizza it depends on pizza really <laughs> if you got a lot of salt going on it's a good breaker upper but typically if if i'm ordering pizza i'm just gonna go hard on the cheese <laughs> all right excellent i don't um really go i don't land any particular way i'm, I'm good with either it's kind of like it, i won't order it but if you do i'll eat it <laughs> good way to, i'm not gonna order it but you know it's there eat it <laughs> excellent and sam how about you my all-time favorite pizza is mushroom black olive and pineapple it sounds disgusting but it's incredible you know that does sound, so i am typically i'm not sweet and savory um, so I won't order pineapple and I really don't like it at all. If it's on there, I probably would not eat it, but that actually sounds pretty good to have it with the, the olives. Cause I can think of that saltiness, like you were saying, Jay, that saltiness, maybe a little bit of sweet. Yeah. Nice. I've had one of those olive and pineapple pizzas and it is really good. All right. Well, I may have to broaden my, broaden my horizon, not just shut down. And go, no. <laughs> Bit. Be open to the pineapple. Right. <laughs> Get someone else to buy it. <laughs> yeah. 
anyway. So you can save face later. Like, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. I don't awesome. Well, thanks again, guys, for being on Fans with Bands. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Thanks to Derek, Jay, Sam, and John for joining me in this episode of Fans with Bands. It was so cool to get a chance to talk with the guys in Omnis about their music and all the great reads that inspire them. Be sure to check out their new album, A Single Green Light. It is out now, and it is fantastic. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries, such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.